0: Moment Hi, I'm your host Sarita along with my co-host Dr. Sylvia Shipman Welcome to a Burning Love Moment podcast We will discuss topics associated with drug abuse and addiction, as well as assist individuals struggling with everyday life issues. This podcast is about helping you move from a place of shame and embarrassment to one of power and boldness through a relationship with God. Get ready to be equipped and empowered to take back control over your destiny. Welcome to a Burning Love Moment. Hello, everyone, and thank you for joining us today. We have a special guest who will be sharing her journey of being addicted to drugs and thinking. I'm okay. Mm-hmm. Dr. Shipman and I are grateful that she is willing to be transparent and open up to give us a the details of her life's journey with drug addiction. Now, this is going to be an enlightening episode of A Burning Love Moment, and as we have previously stated... Some of our conversations will not always be comfortable, but we feel led to address all aspects of drug addiction and recovery. So today's guest story is her truth, and we're not passing judgment on anyone, but we will ask questions that may help someone listening to transform their lives and to seek treatment for their addiction.
1: Yes. Yes, Pastor. Um Sarita, so we are so grateful for this opportunity. We hope that you will be inspired and blessed after hearing her story and understand why it's so important to be true to self mm-hmm. and understand triggers. You have the power to choose. Before we go any further in this segment, cause I'm excited to move forward to hear her story. And I know you are as well. Let us have a word of prayer. And give our disclaimer. We are not psychiatrists or psychologists. We are licensed minister on a mandate from God Almighty to bless his people. Father, we are so grateful for this platform. We're so grateful that you, you chose Pastor Sarita and I to bless your people in the way that you have so desired to meet them where they are needed. And Lord, I thank you for the lives that will be transformed under this platform as we administer your work and do your will. We thank you for the listeners and we thank you for the life101radio.net that gave given us this opportunity to bless masses of your children. We love you and we thank you for blessing them, their household and every endeavor in which they are barking upon upon this earth. We thank you for wholesome living, prosperous living and that your hand is orchestrating every depth of their lives. This we pray and glorify you. Have your way. We invite you in Holy Spirit that you take full reign over every aspect of this podcast. In Jesus name we pray. So be it and so it is. All right, Pastor Serena, I know you are ready as I am. So hallelujah.
0: Yes. Yes. Thank you, Dr. Shipman, for such a a beautiful prayer. Do you know around 269 million people use drugs worldwide in 2018 Mm -hmm. and three, I mean, um, 35 million people Mm -hmm. suffer from drug abuse disorders, according to the latest world drug report released by the United Nations Office on Drugs and Crime. Mm -hmm. And did you also know that cannabis was the most used substance worldwide in 2018 with an estimated 192 million people using it worldwide? Mm-hmm. Awesome. That, those are some, I just think that those numbers are just extraordinary. And opioids, they remain the most harmful. As over the past decade, the total number of deaths due to opioid use disorders went up 71% with a 92% increase among women compared with 63% among men. Mm -hmm. Now, Dr. Shipman, why do you think the number is so high with women as compared to men?
1: Well, you know that's a good point because when that cannabis came out, and that number is going to continue to rise because you know that's still that's still building up nationwide, uh, and statewide. Uh, however, I believe that it it depends on how you're looking at um, the means behind what brought on the addiction of the opioids. Mm-hmm. Uh, I have several stories that I can share right now, but won't go into details. But Many things can bring on the high rise for the women. Mm-hmm. Uh, I always have to say, examine the cause. Was it, a, was it because of the chronic pain, mm-hmm. health issues? Mm-hmm. Was it used to cope with stress, relationship, finances, the pandemic that we're in, to yeah. numb the pain of depression, hopelessness, suicidal tendencies, et cetera. Mm-hmm. Opioids became a problem when many was prescribed a pain reliever that was to help reduce pain. Yes. I call it a trick of the enemy myself. Mm-hmm. It was easy to have your prescription refilled. And from there, the addiction started and many took it to the streets. Mm-hmm. I know that to be factual right now. I can give some stories, but we're not, we're not here for that. When this started, it ha- when this started happening, it became a national problem, meaning mm-hmm. it was recognized publicly. We heard about it. Opioids, yeah. money. The government was pumping money left and right to the communities, the cities and states to help uh, uh, dis- uh, undercurve this problem. Yeah. However, I have this. As opposed to crack cocaine, heroin, and sy- synthetic marijuana, that's just as harmful and addictive. But we didn't get that public you know, uh, support from our local or federal government that this was a pandemic problem. But when the mm-hmm. opioids came on, it became a national problem because it's a prescription drugs and, or street drugs synthetic opioids pandemic. So mm-hmm. it became a national problem. So I have to look at why the women, because guess what? Women carry the load in many things. yeah in the household, being single mothers, You know, uh, the pandemic, I mean, the list go on and on. Was it an accident that caused them to have to take the prescription opioid pain medication? Many factors could have been in there, but here we are today and knowing that this is a problem. So it is a a
0: rise in the females, and I think it's because of numerous uh, reasoning. But thank you. Thank you for sharing your opinion on that. Mm-hmm. And also, according to the National Institute on Drug Abuse in 2019,
2: mm-hmm. nearly
0: 50,000 people in the United States died from opioid involved overdoses. Mm-hmm. Now, Also, the misuse of and addiction to opioids, including prescription pain relievers, mm-hmm. heroin and synthetic opioids, mm-hmm. such as fentanyl, is a serious issue nation crisis. Mm -hmm. And the National Center for Health Statistics at the Centers for Disease Control and Prevention reports more than 70,000 Americans died from drug-involved overdoses in 2019, including illicit drugs and prescription opioids. Mm -hmm. Now, I know I just gave you a lot of numbers, but in my opinion, one death is too many from drug overdose. So there is definitely a need for intervention and conversations that we are having on a burning love moment concerning drug use and addiction.
1: And just to add to that, uh, Pastor Sarita, we have experienced a heavy assault against humanity. Hmm. It has caused many to relapse and some to turn to drugs and alcohol. Yes. Pastor Sarita and I want to encourage you to reach out for help in your yes. local community for, for your support group, a counselor, family member, friend, or you may contact us. We do not want you to remain in the place that will bring you to destruction. Yes. And in saying that, uh, Pastor Sarita, I am ready to start hearing from our guests. So guess what? Yes. We want to hear this from this amazing woman that the Lord has blessed in our path to tell her story. Stay tuned, everyone. We'll be right back.
2: Do you know what it feels like to lose everything, feeling a life of hopelessness? Are you determined and ready to rebuild your life but do not know where to start? Dr. Sylvia Shipman is a life recovery coach and counselor and minister with successful years of experience helping others Activate the power of God within them with her enlightenment and guidance You will be able to overcome the grip of addiction like never before and begin to reshape your mind and Transform your life for your one-on-one consultation Please visit her website dr Shipman.com. you can also find her on Facebook and Instagram Twitter and LinkedIn with your ongoing contributions This ministry will be able to reach many who are now suffering. Please become a partner with us, changing and shaping lives one mind at a time. This is your Jubilee into your new destiny. Visit her today. How is your TLC 123? Don't forget to call one person, text two people from TLC just to see how they're doing. Pray for three people from TLC every day. Let's be faithful to check up on each other, just like the Lord is faithful to us.
3: Do you struggle with addiction issues? Does life seem to be passing you by? Burning Love Outreach is here to help you rise from a life of suffering, torment, and addiction. Founder and President Sarita Jones unveils her journey out loud so others don't have to suffer in silence. For speaking engagements where Sarita shares her personal experiences of being addicted to crack cocaine and having numerous warrants issued for her arrest, please visit the website at burningloveoutreach.org. You can comment on the page, submit a prayer request, give a testimony, or a praise report, and they would love to have you partner with them by giving either a one-time donation or becoming a monthly donor. You can like Burning Love Outreach on Facebook and Instagram and subscribe to them on YouTube and LinkedIn. Remember, don't give in, don't give out, and don't give up.
0: Welcome back everyone to a Burning Love Moment. If you know someone who should be listening to this podcast, please tell them about our podcast on life101radio.net. Let them know that we are being transparent about drug abuse and addiction, along with helping individuals struggling with everyday life issues.
1: Yes, it is with great honor to introduce this amazing woman that God has brought forth a mighty long way. She's a recovery coach, a mother, a grandmother, actively involved in her community, love helping others, facilitate adult weekly support groups, and has been living in her recovery for 28 years. Help us welcome Ms. Jacqueline Graham. Hello, good morning, praise God.
0: Hi, Jackie. Thank you so much for joining us today. We know that um, we're going to just go ahead and dive right on into your story because we want to get to the meat and let the people, the listeners out there be blessed by what you are willing to share with us today. Now, we know you were addicted to drugs, but before you share about your addiction with us, can you briefly tell us a bit about your childhood?
4: Well, my childhood, um, I didn't understand what was going on around me and my household um, because it was young, Um, but both of my parents, uh, well, my father was heavy, was a heavy drinker. My mother was, uh, she sipped, sipped. but um, as I got older, um, I told myself that I would never do that that I couldn't do it because I lost my mother and I lost my father and my early years. Um, as um, it was told, um, I have 28 years sobriety. Actually, this December, I will have 29 years um, being sober. And um, But I'm just going to tell you a little bit about my story. And and how it is now.
0: Um, okay. It started with childhood. Let me ask you a question, Jackie. Would you say your your childhood was you were in a dysfunctional family?
4: Yes, very much so.
0: Okay, briefly tell me something about your dad. Your dad was.
4: He was a um, he was a horrible alcoholic, and he didn't interface with his family being the, his, his kids, um, that was me and my, my brothers and my sisters. Um, he, uh, he did whatever he wanted to do and he would, he would disappear. Hmm. And I say that meaning that, um, we would see him, you know, on a Saturday and then we wouldn't see him again until the following Saturday.
0: Okay. And what is mom Um, doing all this time? Well,
4: like I said, she she did a little sipping, but she held the house down. And mm-hmm. I know a lot of y'all have heard this, that moms are always the ones that hold the house down, whether they're on drugs or not. Yes. But um, she was holding the house down. And she was a government, a government worker. And, um, you know, she had four kids in the house. And she had to do what she had to do. She had to go to work every day and she did that and make sure that we and make sure that we went to school every day
0: okay all right so it was just amazing so your parents they okay so your father was an alcoholic your mother she would drink occasionally but she held the house down so let's move on up into your teen years so what was the first drug that you tried
4: Oh, that was uh, marijuana.
0: Okay, and what what age?
4: I was sixteen.
0: Okay, so do you think that marijuana is a gateway to other drugs, to using other oh, drugs? Almost definitely. Most definitely. Okay. I,
4: you know, I told all my clients when I was a recovery coach that people don't think that um, marijuana is a drug, but it is. Yeah.
3: People
4: think alcohol is a drug but it is
0: yeah so what what would you say to a young person who is either thinking of starting to smoke marijuana or who is already smoking marijuana this is to the teenager what would you what words would you have for them
4: that they 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 seek help and there's a lot of people out here that have help to give to them hmm there's a lot of people out here that can help other people. They just sometimes, you know, um, people that they are crying inside from what what's happened to them and they don't know what to do. They don't. And and they're, they're just so confused that they turn around and they'll pick up something. They'll pick up the alcohol. They'll pick up. Uh, marijuana and then it'll spiral down to the other drugs the uh, the acid, the um, cocaine things of that nature. Um, now my story yes that's pretty much how it, it came about. I started smoking uh, marijuana when I was 16. I didn't drink too much because it made me sick mm-hmm. but um, that was like my gateway drug (laughs) um to drink and when I was introduced to other uh drugs and alcohol that's what kept me going and that was you know angel dust uh cocaine um different kinds of uh maybe a little bit of uh, alcohol once every once in a while but like I said it used to make me sick
1: yeah. Um, so, so miss, uh, miss Graham, take us to, um, uh, when you started with the marijuana from that drug, you went from what drug to the next that took you to that sparrow of addiction.
4: After the marijuana, I went to angel dust. Mm. And after the angel dust, I was using, uh, acid. And after that, That's when I got introduced to cocaine. Yes. And that's what took me down. And it took me a deep hole that I never thought I was going to get myself out of. And I was ashamed.
0: Yeah. Did, Did you graduate from high school? Was this like, we were talking about your teen years now. So did you graduate from high school, go to college? Can you tell us a little bit about that?
4: I did. I went to high school and I graduated and, um, I went to college.
0: All while being addicted to drugs. Correct. Okay.
4: Uh, Because you know what? People don't know it, but. And if you've got kids out there. Check their book bag. Check (laughs) their their pocketbook. Check Mm. their their pants out. Because what you think they're not doing, they may be doing. And this might be good. Good time for you to make sure that. They are not doing it because uh, they're doing drugs out here now that <laughs> they are. Um, they're not like the ones that I used.
0: Mm-hmm.
4: Um, these things they they're using. Uh, they're they're uh, making them out out of um, out of uh, kitchens.
0: Yes. So I, I want to you know, some parents don't want to check invade their children's privacy they don't want to check their rooms check their drawers they don't want to check their backpacks their purses Mm -hmm. what would you say to that parent they feel like they're invading their privacy what would you say to that parent you need to sit down and have a talk with them a real talk i'm talking about real talk you if you
4: continue on this road or you can even tell them your story if you have a story And let them know what's going to happen to you. You know, and if you have friends that you hang around with, it's not going to be long before you are using drugs and alcohol. And it'll get harder and harder for you to stop because of the pressure. It's called teen pressure. Mm -hmm. And you're you're, you're smoking cigarettes, you're smoking marijuana, then you go to Angel Dust, then you go to um, Acid. Then you go to cocaine. Um, you're drinking alcohol, you know. But some people go way over, way over. Yeah. You know, um, alcohol is a depressant. Mm-hmm. Now, a lot of these um, drugs out here just kind of like pick you up, mm-hmm. but um, they're harder to get get sober from.
0: Right. Okay. Yeah. Well- you know what? It seems like you've used a variety of drugs in your time. So you graduated high school, you went to college. So were you dating anyone during this time?
4: Um, I did, but I don't think that I don't remember them doing it. Mm-hmm. But I was just hanging out with my, you know, my girlfriends.
0: OK, so, I, you know, doc, Dr. Shipman and I, we have spoken to you in depth. Um, And we know your story. Um, So I want to ask you a question. Were you dating a drug dealer at one time?
4: Yes, I was. That was when I got to the very end. He was a drug dealer. And he was was selling in large quantities to other people. And that was cocaine. That was Was my last stop. Was he your supplier as well? And I was working at the same time until it got too bad for me to go to work.
0: What, what do you mean bad for you to go to work?
4: Because, I, you know, I'd be up all night smoking it, snorting it. And then seven o'clock turns around, seven o'clock in the morning will turn around. And I would, you know, just call in and say, look, I'm, I'm on my way. I'm running late. And the next call will be. Oh, I'll be there in about a half an hour, and the next call would be, "Oh, I'm not coming in."
3: Mm. And so- then
4: that turned into losing my job. Um, I would tell all kinds of uh, fairy tale lies to my uh, employer to let them know that um, I needed help, but I didn't know how to how to ask for help. I didn't know how to ask for help, so, so I-, I could I continued down that road um, until um, my family, my aunts and uncles and cousins um, and some girlfriends that weren't using, but we were friends, we say friends. They actually, they used and they stopped. And I was wondering, well, we need to help you because we all did it together and we don't understand why it's grasping you in the way it is. But they say that, um, we have addictive personalities. People who cannot stop. Mm-hmm. That would be me. My girlfriends, they would do it, and they say, "Oh, you know what time it is? I got to get them go to work tomorrow." And they would do that. They would go home and get ready for work the next morning. I did. So, I uh, it was I was heavily addicted.
1: So what happened when the family? You said that everyone noticed and was trying to help you. What happened? Take us back into your story when your family member first got involved to try to get get you help. What, what, how, how did that go?
4: My uh, personality had changed totally.
3: Mm-hmm.
4: I wasn't keeping myself up. I wasn't uh, coming around family too much. For them to ask me, oh, oh are you okay? Um, I uh, I did finish school and I did finish high school. But after that, I was crazy. I was just all over the place. Mm-hmm. And um, I didn't think anything was wrong with me. But they kept telling me that I needed help and that they were going to help me. Now, one particular time, I had an aunt that actually took me into rehab. But as soon as I did the program, I was right back doing the same thing because I wasn't ready. I wasn't ready. You know, I just, wherever you were, you're going to pick up from where you stopped.
1: So even though you went through the whole program the first time Mm -hmm. of your intervention, Mm -hmm. what were you thinking when you were going through the whole program for those weeks? What were you thinking? What were your mind?
0: Even though. Well, I was
4: wondering why I uh, kept asking myself,
0: why am I here? Well, you know what, Jackie, we are going to continue this topic. We're going to talk about your family intervention, your rehab, but we have to take a break. This is such a great topic to shed light upon. We have more to discuss when we come back with our special guest, Jacqueline Graham, as she shares her struggles with drug addiction. We'll be right back.
3: For the best custom made jewelry that showcases style and elegance, check out Ken's Jewelry at Morningside Avenue, Scarborough, Ontario. We specialize in modern, contemporary and vintage styles. All of our designs are crafted with passion, using the most exquisite gemstones and diamonds. Jewelry has no boundaries, so if you can think it, we can make it. Check out Ken's Jewelry at Morningside Avenue, Scarborough. Call us at 416-293-7181. That's 416-293-7181. Ken's Jewelry.
0: Hi, I'm Sarita Jones, host of a Burning Love Moment podcast. You are cordially invited to join myself and co-host Dr. Sylvia Shipman as we discuss topics associated with drug abuse and addiction. We're here to help you and your family deal with these issues out loud so no one suffers in silence. Please join our podcast, A Burning Love Moment, airing Mondays at 11 a.m. on Life101radio.net. Burning Love Moment Welcome back. I hope you're finding this topic um, with our special guest, Jacqueline Graham, to be helpful. If it's not for you, but you know someone who should be listening, please tell them about a Burning Love Moment podcast on life101radio.net.
1: Absolutely. Um, this will be great. Just getting back to your story, uh, Ms. Graham. Um, tell 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 the listeners, what, what do you think your main struggle was? You went to the You know, going back in your story, you had your first encounter in rehab. Now, you knew you wasn't ready. You came out. What was the main struggle you had with your addiction?
4: You know, there were things that happened at home that I had not been able to grasp. And um, so I used it to cover up. That's all they did. It covered up what my feelings were,
1: hmm.
4: how I felt about myself, my family, my brothers and sisters, my mom. And um, and then, you know, just watching my dad do what he did. Hmm. And I said I was never going to do that. I was never going to drink alcohol, actually, which was true. But. Still, alcohol is a drug.
1: Yeah,
4: it is a drug. hmm. He didn't do the other things, but he did enough to cause harm to the family, to yeah. the household.
0: Right. So, yeah. Now, you said your aunt, she, um, she. She brought me into rehab. Right. She brought you into rehab. She saw that you had a problem. But didn't you think you were OK? You, you thought that, hey, I'm, I'm OK. You didn't think you had a problem. Is that correct? Correct.
1: I didn't think anything was wrong with me. You look at that as denial, um, Ms.
4: Graham? Yeah, I would consider that being denial. And the fact that, you know, I liked it. I liked what I was doing. But I also said, there's nothing wrong with me. Mm-hmm. But people around me would say, yeah, there's something wrong with you. Like I yeah. said, my girlfriends who, who could get up from the table and, and go home and get ready for work the next day, and I'm still sick there.
0: Mm-hmm. Yes. Yeah, I could relate yeah. to that in that my. That is book.
4: called addictive behavior. Yeah. I had addictive behavior or had addictive behavior,
1: mm-hmm. but
4: it wasn't until this one incident where a girlfriend of mine had been looking for me. We had gone to school together and we worked together and she found me one evening and she said, she turned and she said, I've been looking for you. Mm-hmm. And we hugged. She said, I'm taking you to get some help. And she took me to um, a treatment center. Mm. And that's where I stopped.
0: Okay. So let's, let's just back up a little bit. Cause I kind of want to kind of travel through your journey. We've talked about your teen years. We talked about when you graduated from college and your aunt Okay. She saw that you needed a problem. You needed to go to rehab. Were there other family members in your life who was trying to help you? Siblings?
4: Uh, yes, yes, yes. My brother and my sister.
0: Okay. And where's your brother?
4: they They didn't drink or do drugs, but they knew something was wrong with me.
0: Okay. How, how did your brother help? How was he able to, um, try to help you to recover?
4: Um, he would talk to me, but it wasn't working.
0: Mm.
4: It didn't work until that day that I ran into my girlfriend one evening and she knew what I was doing because she had done it, but she got herself together and she said, I'm going to take you to get some help. And we drove around all over the city, um, to different hospitals and things. I didn't have any, um. insurance mm-hmm. so um i had to go to um one that was free okay and when i got out of there i followed the path that was laid before me and that was get yourself together girl uh leave that stuff alone
3: mm-hmm.
4: and um get with the right people and um that's
1: pretty much it. So at this point, uh, going back in the story, at this point you went only one time. Was there other instance, instances that you went into uh, rehab outside of that one time? Take us into those stories that led you back into rehab.
4: The first time I went in, the first time I went in was from my aunt. Mm-hmm. The second time, I only went in three times. Mm
0: -hmm.
4: Yeah. So the first time was with my aunt. The second time was, um, it was another family member, but I can't remember who it was. Mm -hmm. But the third time was my girlfriend, who had also gone through the same uh, recovery center that uh, she had went to.
0: Okay.
4: let me follow the the rules and the regulations. I did what I was told to do and I stuck with it.
0: Jackie, can we go back? Because I just want people to get a clear picture of your story and your your um, trips in and out of the rehab. Now, your aunt was the first one who recommended you go to rehab. You went to rehab because I know your story. This is why I'm trying to back up here. Your brother, you had a brother living in California who sent for you to come and live with him, correct? Yes. Okay. Yes, he did. So you you went to California to live with your brother. Um, did you want to go to California? No, no, I didn't. You didn't want to go to California. Can you tell us a little bit about What happened when you went to California? When
4: I went to California, I got myself together. Because I, you know, the bottom line to have gone to California was I got myself together. Mm -hmm. And that was because I didn't know anybody out there but my family. And they weren't having it. So one day, coming home on the bus from work, and I noticed uh, about 10 or 12 people standing on the corner where the bus stopped at, further up. And I always wondered, why are they standing there? And then I was the same, get on the same bus the next day. And then I said, hmm, I think I'm going to get off at this stop. I got off at that stop and I didn't come home for a week.
0: What happened there? Why, why didn't you come home?
4: Because I was busy enjoying the life. Of getting high.
0: Oh, so the the people that you saw gathered were they either were standing on the corner.
4: They were standing on the corner, waiting for somebody to come with something.
1: Now, okay. now I have a question, uh, Miss Graham. While what you mean? were in California, were you clean and sober? I was clean and sober until I saw
4: that group of huh. people.
1: Okay. How long were you clean and sober at this point? Six
4: months. Six months.
1: So what was your trigger? What was the trigger that led you to want to give up those three, those six months? What was the trigger? Even though you there to get clean and focused on your life, what was those triggers that had you to say, forget about these six months? You know what? To be honest with you, I don't know. But you saw the you saw the corner and you saw the people. Was that a trigger? Was that a trigger? Places. Because you knew That could
4: have been the trigger. That could have been the trigger. Yes.
1: Mm -hmm. Okay. So take us, take us from that point on. um, When you saw the people, you ended up being missing for how many days? A week. A week. So tell us what happened with your loved one when you were gone for three for, for a week. What happened?
4: My brother, knew, my brother already knew that I was using drugs. So mm-hmm. he would go out and look for me, but he couldn't find me. Mm-hmm. This one time he did find me. It was on a Saturday. So and,
1: hold, uh, up, hold, hold up for a second, Ms. Graham. When you say your brother already knew you were using drugs, you went there clean. You've been there six months. So when you say he knew you was already using, when did he start noticing that you were back using when you were clean. For because years. of the way I looked. Mm. Okay.
4: The way I looked. I didn't look as well kept as I normally would be.
0: Yes. Mm-hmm.
4: My hair was not dark. My clothes were dirty. hmm
3: mm.
4: And, you know, in okay. California, you know, it's a nice weather. So you don't have to worry about the coldness and all of that. But he knew it. He could see it in my face. Mm -hmm. In my eyes.
0: So, so Jackie, I would say um, changing your demographic location really didn't help you. Although you were clean for six months, you still relapsed, had a trigger and you relapsed, which means if you don't fully recover, changing a demographic location doesn't mean that you won't use anymore. Would you say that's a correct statement? Yep, that's true. You have to really, in your heart,
4: know that I'm done. And that was the episode with
1: my girlfriend. Now, when your brother knew that there was a problem, you got off the bus, you missing for five days. Take us to what happened. He didn't call the police. He did not call the police
4: to have them look for me. He went out and looked for me. It only took me six months to figure out that that corner that I kept looking at that was had me wondering what was going on. And I got off and then I, you know, I started talking to one or two of them and I said, oh, so what's going on up here? Are you looking? Are you looking? And I said, oh, okay." I said, I got some money. Mm -hmm. So I was gone for a week again. I'm repeating the same story. Yeah, I'm repeating the same story.
0: Mm.
1: So what happened when he when he went looking for you? Tell us about that. He
4: asked. He said, "Come on, let me take you to the house." I said, "No, I'm okay. I'm okay. I'm okay." He said, "Well, I'll come back. Is this is this someplace you you're normally at?" Um, it was like a a Georgia Avenue, but it was Main Street. Um, and uh, I was never homeless I can put it that way Mm
3: -hmm. I was
4: never homeless because I had a group of friends where I could stay at their house get some rest you know take a bath wash my clothes and go back out looking again
1: so Mm -hmm. let me ask you this when you were gone for five days where were you laying your head at because these are totally strangers right you They're know. total strangers. They were
4: total strangers.
0: Mm-hmm. But they they didn't do anything to me. So you're in California. And after all this happens, how did you get back home?
4: I called a friend of mine and asked them to send me a plane ticket. And they mm-hmm.
2: did.
4: And it was friend. the same person. That was the same person that was my friend who was selling drugs. Um. And I started back again. That was part of the story when I came back to DC and um, I ran into my girlfriend at the McDonald's.
0: I was done right yes. then and there. I was done. Okay. So well, you about- know what, Becky. We we're we're gonna take a break. Yes. We have to take another break. Uh-huh. This is a remarkable story, uh-huh. and um, we want when we return, we want you to tell us about your rehabilitation. That's what we want to wrap up this segment with with your rehabilitation and the friend that you met and how you got your life turned around. Okay, so we will be right
2: back. Do you know what it feels like to lose everything? Feeling a life of hopelessness? Are you determined and ready to rebuild your life but do not know where to start? Dr. Sylvia Shipman is a life recovery coach and counselor and minister with successful years of experience helping others activate the power of God within them. With her enlightenment and guidance, you will be able to overcome the grip of addiction like never before and begin to reshape your mind and transform your life. For your one-on-one consultation, please visit her website, drsiviashipman.com. You can also find her on Facebook and Instagram, Twitter, and LinkedIn. With your ongoing contributions, this ministry will be able to reach many who are now suffering. Please become a partner with us, changing and shaping lives one mind at a time. This is your jubilee into your new destiny. Visit her today.
3: Well, 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 here we are back in Redemption Village and everything looks just as we left it. The streets are filled with bustling, happy villagers, but here comes a car with a loudspeaker.
2: Come one, come all. Our man is coming to town.
3: And look, he coming to redemption.
2: And then he turns around and begs people for money. Do you believe that? Countries around the world are reporting a rapid increase in the rate of infections. Your
3: husband trying to hurt you? If I can stay one step ahead of him, I stay alive.
2: Blanca, you next. Then, Felix, I will leave you for last. All of us have seen, my friend, iniquity, lushness. But is it just going to
3: be you and me? You have nothing to fear, my dear. I am
2: a man of God. I told you, that criminal child abuser was trouble.
4: I think he raped me, mom. Oh, fire, Fire! Pops,
2: pops! Pops! The church on fire! He's, uh, what? How? Call the fire station. Grab the
1: hose from the back of the house. Open the pipe wider. Bonjour.
0: Honor!
2: Honor!
3: The drama is back. Season 4 of Redemption Road premieres Sunday, October 10th at 7.30 p.m. Listen to Redemption Road on Life101radio.net, TDNradio.net, and GAEC-FM. Burning Love
1: Moment. Welcome back, everyone. If you know someone who would be benefiting from listening to a Burning Love Moment, please tell them about this podcast. So, Ms. Graham, tell us about your rehabilitation experience.
4: Um, they do. Normally what happens is when you go into treatment, you do the five-day program. Mm-hmm. And that was to detox you. That means eating, going to classes, reading literature, just staying sober. Then it was a 27, 28-day program. Mm-hmm. Um, and when you come out of the 28-day program, you go into a long-term program, which is about six months. And you go into a facility, which uh, they will tell you when you get there that you have 30 days in which to find
0: um, a job, mm-hmm. which I did. Did you Were you ready at this point? You have been I was, I was ready yeah,
4: let me just good. say this. let me just say this. Again, mm-hmm. I've said it twice. When I ran into my girlfriend at the McDonald's, I mm-hmm. was ready again. Okay. That was yeah. the end of it. That was the end of it because the drugs were all around me.
1: Uh, take us to a quick moment when that happened. What was that scene like when your girlfriend got you in McDonald's? You were at a pivotal point that you had to make a major choice. Tell the listener what took place when you were at that McDonald's. There was
4: some of that, someone that I knew, and they said they had something, and they asked me if I had a stem.
0: Mm.
1: Right? What did they have? What did they have? They said they had something. What was it that they had? They had coke.
0: Okay. Okay. Yeah. Okay. So you had a choice to make there. Either I can go with this person who has some cocaine. Or Or I can go
4: with my girlfriend and go get treatment.
0: Exactly.
4: So at that point, I knew I didn't want to do it anymore. I was done. So that was my, that was the end for me.
3: Mm -hmm.
4: And I never looked back. I just continued on doing what was told to me to do. And that was continue to go to meetings. Uh, I was mentoring other females who were new to the program. Um, You know, you know, when you're ready, Mm -hmm. you know, when you're ready, the only way you would understand this is having to have done it.
0: Yes. That's the best way I can tell you. I totally understand, Jackie, because I was at that point, too, when I was just sick and tired of being sick and tired. And I believe your words was enough was enough. And and you were ready to change and turn your life around. And God did it. And it's been did you say 20 it will be 29 years this year?
4: It'll be 29 in December.
0: Praise the Lord. My so we goodness. thank God for what and he-
4: I say. This and I will say this too God has had his hands on me a long time, right? Mm. Even up to this very day, right now, sitting here talking. Yeah. He's been, he's had his hands on me because he knew he watches all his children.
0: Yes, he does. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yes, he does.
4: Some but- just refuse to listen. And some don't care. They're just gonna continue doing what they do. And that's that's
1: pretty much it. How long were you out there when you got back home before the help came?
4: Oh, I was out there about five years.
1: Well, Jackie, I am so blessed to hear your remarkable story. And I know our listeners are as well. And thank you so much for being with us and sharing your story. Now, do you have any last word to empower our listeners to to live their best life?
4: I would recommend anyone who knows that they are using drugs and alcohol and they know it. They know it in their heart, Mm -hmm. in their soul. Get some help. Don't forget that you have an addictive behavior. And unless you get the information from the people that are going to help you and that's in the people in the treatment centers and and all of that if you don't get help you're going to end up dying
0: and that's real talk yeah that's it thank you so much we really appreciate you being with us jackie hopefully a life or lives will be changed because what a was shared here with us today. Jackie, um, Miss Graham, you have been such a pleasure to have as a guest on our podcast. Make sure, listeners, make sure that you tune in to our next episode of A Burning Love Moment. We will continue our talks about triggers and we know that the holiday season is quickly approaching and we want to make sure that you're ready and prepared to be successful with your recovery and not relapse also for those who are actively using we encourage you to seek help so if you or a loved one is struggling with the grip of drug addiction and need help to overcome those difficulties of life please reach out to someone or a support group for help. Also a burning love, um, burning love outreach and Dr. Sylvia Shipman, we are here for you as well. And Dr. Shipman, will you please let the listeners know how to contact you?
1: Absolutely. For all your recovery support, other life concerns, don't know where to start and need that extra support, please visit our website at drsylviashipman.com and you also can contact us at 877-360-1177. You can like Dr. Shipman at Instagram and Facebook, subscribe to us on LinkedIn, and connect with us on Clubhouse. We would love to have you partner with us by giving a donation to help us end the addiction crisis by changing lives with quality care and
0: commitment. And for speaking engagements where I share how I overcame years of addiction to crack cocaine, having numerous warrants issued for my arrest, please visit our website at burningloveoutreach.org. You can comment on the page, submit a prayer request, give a testimony, or even a praise report so that we can continue to reach the marginalized Please partner with us by giving a one time donation or become one of our monthly donors. You can like Burning Love Outreach on Facebook and Instagram and subscribe to us on YouTube and LinkedIn. Remember, don't give in, don't give out, and don't give up. Hey, hey,
3: hey, hey. You wake up in the morning, you're not feeling right. The will is going, can put up a fight. Take a Addiction and pain Don't know if you'll feel joy again Take us You'll find joy, you'll find peace With a relationship with Jesus Shine your light, we wanna see The world on fire for Jesus